Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me is Mr Rob Hayes. Hello Pete, how are we? I am fine. How are you? I'm reasonably well. Episode 30. 3-0. Who? The, big, the big 3-0. Exactly. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought we'd still be going? Who'd have thought people would still be listening to our ramblings after this long? Well, People might not be listening, we don't know, well we do know, but uh, and we do know that the numbers We are... do appreciate you all listening yes, as well. Yes, and they're going up week by week, which is very good, so obviously word is spreading and uh, continue to spread the word, Twitter, Facebook, or just tell people. Um, the branch of uh, the clothing line will be out soon and you'll be able to buy the For Fox 8 Scent for Christmas 2016. Official merchandise. Yes, well we've got to have a, we've got to have a, a range of perfume or whatever. Everyone has a scent now, don't they? And can we you... get a club shop in Bangkok Airport? Yes, we can have a, a club shop where Excellent. you can get t-shirts and uh, a branded For Fox 8 suit, um, all sorts. Is it going to have a fox on the back? Don't know. I don't know. We'll have to have a, a logo. Consult the designers, shall we? We'll have to have a logo off. People can send in logos. Speaking of logos, actually, and completely off topic, have you seen the new Sheffield Wednesday logo? No. Is it laughable? Have you not seen it? No. It's absolutely brilliant. And I saw I saw it on uh, on Twitter or whatever it was, and I just presumed it was nonsense. And it was actually from Sheffield Wednesday, the official account. They've changed it because it's some anniversary or whatever. It's dreadful. It looks like Hogwarts. It's It looks like something from Harry Potter. And it's well worth checking out. I liked our change. You know the one that we had for the 125 year anniversary? A little bit of gold, nothing too ex- extravagant, yeah. just a, a bit of a banner along the bottom celebrating 125 years. It was nice, that. I don't mind I don't mind clubs changing badges and this and the other to do with their um, heritage. I mean, Everton, they were on about changing theirs back to what it was. Manchester City are going to change theirs for next season. Well, theirs looks crap as well. Yeah. Theirs looks like the Blue Peter badge. No, but it's going back to how it was. Yeah. And the fans didn't don't like the the one that they've had for about ten or fifteen years. It's going back to the more rounded one. Actually, it's very similar to our design, where you've got Manchester City and you know Leicester City round the edge of a circle. That's that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I like ours. I mean, I've liked all ours. I, I'm a big fan of the old shield from the sixties. 60s and 70s. With the fox sort of across, yeah, across it. With the yeah, the the two kind of whips or whatever they are either side. The fox crop logo, similar yeah, to yeah. that, the way yeah, they've yeah. taken it from. And then obviously the eighties you had the uh the penciled outline of a fox on the circle. Yeah. Um and then obviously the nineties and now you've got what we've what we're used to, what we used to see him. Spider just now. There's a spider. We have a spider in the for fox spider sake. Spider in the studio. Studio. Is it alive? Yes, it is, because it's moving. Oh, Steph- yeah, it's moving. Anyway, that's logo chat and spider chat, <laughs> yeah. by the way. So um, we, we actually have uh, seen some football. Leicester have played twice since we have last met uh, in the FA Cup against Spurs on Wednesday night and then in the league against Stoke. So we'll start with the Spurs game. Disappointing that we've lost, but is it a blessing in disguise, Rob Hayes? No, I voted. You voted no because this was the the Sunday poll question: Was losing to Spurs a blessing in disguise? So on the official for Fox Eight podcast uh, Twitter handle, so at FFS Pod, uh, we've had 
82% say yes because of rested players and you know, the fixture list is now open. So, you know, weeks of, uh, of resting in between games or no was only 18% and that was no because people wanted a cup run, obviously. Now, I'm, I love the cup. I, I love a cup run. Yeah, but this season, no. And I said before, not interested. We were there on uh, on Wednesday night with uh, with Dave Rogers, uh, who's been on for Fox Eight before, and uh, enjoyable game. But we just didn't really turn. They were very good, though. They were. We good. were we were crap first half. Yeah, the, we were, were really yeah. crap until they scored, and then we thought, oh, better play some football here. Last two minutes of the first half, we did. Second half, we came out. It got a bit more stretched. Uh, we didn't create as much as they did, and that was it. But, Son, yeah. Son Young Min had a decent game, didn't he? He did, and uh, we can officially announce that uh, Son Young Min will be going to the best eleven. Obviously, uh, those of us, who, or those of you out there who have listened before to the podcast, we have a, a best and worst eleven of the season of players that we've seen at the King Power Stadium. Uh, nothing to do with uh, Leicester players; it's all the visitors. And uh, Son Young Min will go into the best eleven because. End of the day, a team turning up and, and winning two 0 with him scoring a brilliant goal and then a lovely pass for the second goal. He has to go in. I thought they were a very professional, very good Spurs team. I predicted that they would actually play a stronger team than Leicester would do because obviously the cup draw was already made and they knew they were going to play Colchester in the next round. So Spurs, conceivably, they could play in double the amount of games that Leicester could play from now to the end of the season. Yeah, Pochettino spoke about it in his post-match press conference, didn't he? That they've got the Europa League coming up as well as the Cup, as well as the League and and a ridiculous sort of average of uh, a game every three or four days, which between now and the end of the season could take its toll. So I think I, I understand what you're saying about the cup run and now all the focus for us is on the league. But still, with the atmosphere surrounding the club and all the positivity and the level of football that we've been playing, I think this year represented as good a chance as we've ever had in our history to win the FA Cup. I, Which is why I'm a little bit disappointed and why I wanted a cup run maybe more than I normally would. Yeah, I I, un, I understand exactly what you're saying. The way the team's playing, you know, top of the league, we would be one of the favourites for the cup, really, in theory. But my thing with the FA Cup is it's, it's the draw. You know, you've got to have a decent draw in the cup. Chelsea, for example, they've played... They always play teams at home from League 1 and League 2. And famously, they got uh, obviously beat by uh, Bradford a few years ago. But uh, again, Scunthorpe at home... And I think they're away at uh, is it MK Dons or, or something like that, Oxford. So they've got, they, they get favourable draws. It's just lucky, you know, it's luck for them. Leicester, we've had it quite difficult in recent years. Um, I'm not worried about it at all. I think that Leicester, what, it will happen one year where they will go really far in the FA Cup, helped by maybe the first, you know, round three, four, five, getting favourable draws and then maybe having a good uh, win against the top team. But uh, I understand what you're saying, but for me... Leicester, they didn't play very well on Wednesday. Uh, shame because it was in front of the cameras. They rallied again in the second half, like we said. But uh, the main thing about that game, for me, was the reaction to it on Saturday. Yeah, and, and, that and was how did we react? Exactly. I mean, Pretty well. I think we have, to manage, uh, we have to definitely mention the ticket problems at the game. Oh, absolute nightmare, yeah. I was, so at the King Power, we, um, we hand out uh, headsets for people to listen to the live commentary that we do of the games, and I was on duty at the, at the collection point. About two or three minutes before kick-off, I walked from that collection point around the sort of back of the West Stand to go into the media entrance and the press entrance, and I walked past thousands and thousands of people 
jam-packed together, all queuing at the turnstiles, couldn't get in. There was problems, I think, because a lot of people printed the tickets at home. There was a problem with that. Uh, some some tickets were duplicated, I, I think, because season ticket holders had their seats, but other people had tickets with their seat numbers on. Uh, the scanners weren't working. Pro- it was it was absolute chaos. And I think if it hadn't have been televised, they'd have delayed kickoff. Well, but, it, but the BBC would have been there going, no, come on, we're starting at this time. Get on with it. Yeah, I... I so, disappointingly, I, a few people missed 10, 15 minutes of the game up to. It's, it's, that, that is one... I think there's two things, really. That's a real problem. Um, I would be really concerned that the club would bow down to the BBC or to whoever was broadcasting live that the game could not be halted because there's thousands outside for the safety of the fans getting in. I understand there was one uh, issue with the north stand, the family stand behind the goal, um, where I spoke to a couple of fans on Saturday uh, at the game against Stoke, and they said that at one point they went down the the, the row of people, the queue to get in, uh, a few stewards, just checking that everyone had printed tickets. When they got to the end, they were satisfied that everyone who was there was legitimately going to go into the game with a valid ticket or a valid printout. And then they opened the gate. What, the giant double... Yes. Gate? Really? Just, just to just say, let, let to say in. go in, give me, give, give us your tickets and we'll scan them later. Do you know what I mean? Blimey. Um, and, then, and then basically let them in. And she said, estimated around about 100, 150. But of course, the first thing she said was, you can't do that because everyone's just going to run and Swarm try and in. get in. That's and she goes, the people at the front. Episodes it were, of Hillsborough, well, that, isn't it? Exactly. And I mean, it was. And she'd turn around and she was at the back. And when she said, "Right, well, we'll just wait." Everyone went in, and and she walked in, and then she said, "As I walked in, there were a group of people, about ten people, saying to the stewards, why have you done that?' You know. Yeah, that that is so you know, so silly. And, and they weren't they weren't on about people getting in without tickets because no one's going to be walking around at that time of night. Around the ground because no. tickets on, were relatively easy to get hold of for this fixture. So yeah, I don't think and it's on people and it's on the BBC, it. so everyone's at home who hasn't got a ticket watching yeah, it on TV. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit silly from, uh, from well, not silly, it's the wrong word, uh, dangerous really from the club. Um, and I presume you know, end of the day investigations, all that sort of thing will go on. But uh, I would be uh, really worried if, and and we wouldn't find out, and I don't think it will be released that the club wouldn't put the game back or the. You know the game wouldn't be put back by fifteen minutes because of TV. I, I think those days are probably gone now. Where I, I'd imagine that's happened many, many times in the past. But I think Leicester would be. I think nowadays safety is paramount, and I think they would put it back for any problems. So a 2-0 home defeat to Tottenham Hotspur puts us out of the FA Cup, and as we said. It was all about the response then. How would we respond in the league? League form in terms of results and points gathered over the last five or six, not been as as cheery as we'd have liked. And a Stoke side came, you know I like calling them Stoke Alona. A Stoke Alona turned up with their Galacticos and you've got to say it was another one to be worried about. But there was no reason to be worried at the end of the match. No reason at all. Leicester played at their first team. Many players coming back into the team who were missing from the midweek game against Spurs. So you had Kante in midfield with uh, Drinkwater, with Vardy up top, Morgan, Hooth at the back. Mares. You know, it was the Leicester first team. I was disappointed with the Stoke team when I first saw it. I want to see the best players. Granted, we might have a better chance of beating the team when they're missing their start, but you do turn up saying, right, who's the opposition got? Um, so there was no Bojan who was brilliant last year. Yeah, just on the bench, wasn't he, Bojan? Yeah, that Ar- Armatovic, Armatovic is, is a very 
good flair player when he's on it as well. Exactly. So they they had a, a strange team, and when I saw their team, first thought was okay, you know, not going to see these players, but uh, never mind. Second thought straight away, we can have these. That was the talk in the press we, room. We can have these. We can have these. We can have them. I was I was talking to the um, the Stoke press guy um, before the game. I was watching the Norwich Liverpool game. It was unbelievable. Um, and uh, and he basically was really worried. He just turned around and says, "The team we've got, or we're going to put out, um, or what he suspected they were going to put out." He says, "I'm really worried about today." And uh, he was proved right because City was they were brilliant. The first half an hour or so, it was a very tight, close game. Stoke looked dangerous. Shakiri uh, trying to knock through balls um, for Walters, and uh, they. Uh, it, it didn't really work for them. There was a couple of half opportunities, Leicester, a couple of half opportunities, but nothing spectacular at all. And then after about half an hour, 35 minutes or so, just before half time, bang, your mate, Danny Drinkwater, the first goal Leicester have scored from outside of the penalty area this season, and his first his goal first of the season. His first Premier League goal as well, yeah. Exactly. And it's something we've said before, especially me, saying that the one thing he needs to improve on is his goal scoring record for needs a guy to, needs to chip a few more in doesn't yeah it? for a guy who's who's such a, a, a good technical player yeah to not be able to strike the ball properly towards goal is is an issue um and if he can work on that he could then maybe advance towards say the England squad and I've always said that a drink water playing well there's a Leicester playing well the way he played well for the whole championship winning season um and he's been off form for a, you know the last four six weeks or so he was fantastic. But the goal, cross from a corner, header out to the penalty area, bang. First time volley, or I don't think he'd control. No, it was a first time volley. A uh, couple of deflections. It might. I Who thought cares? he, might, I thought he might come off Fuchs as well, but never mind. Into the back of the net. And I think he's turned around and says he forgot how to celebrate. Yeah. It's been so long. And it really settled the game down. In that half time, 1 0 up. What will happen in the second half? Vardy will pop up and finally get back on the score sheet. That's what'll happen. Exactly. That's Go on, Vardy. Happen. That's another good finish as well. His his composure. Uh, I, I keep talking about it, but to face a goalkeeper then and just go, gonna go round you. England's number two, Jack Butland. You stay where you are. I'll go round you. Slot it in from a tight angle. That there was a danger of him losing a bit of confidence. The longer he went on a run without a goal you'd think finishes like that would be harder to come by for him. So I'm really glad he's back on the goal trail with a finish like that as well. And I think who put the ball over the top? Exactly. My, drink, ma- my mate Danny Drinkwater. Your mate Drinkwater. I think we can review the game by just mentioning players and the way they performed and then talk about their little bits during the game. So, so Vardy lived off scraps really for the whole game. First half, he had one shot, a snapshot, well saved by the goalkeeper. Second half, one ball to run onto. Went round the goalkeeper, scored, um, and I think he had a, another half chance. Where we actually had a, a shot which was blocked um, right at the point of impact, which was a very good tackle. So really, three chances in the whole game, and scored one of them. And I think it's a sign of a really good striker for when he's been on a goal drought of six to eight games, which he has been, to then score in the style he did. He scored like a guy who has been scoring regularly all season. He was very composed, very confident. And that, I think, is a very good sign. Oh, it's a sign of a player who is not just one of these one-season wonders or in a bit of a purple patch. That's a quality centre-forward there. To hold off the defender, to go round Jack Butland, who's a very good goalkeeper, a big, tall man as well. So to go round and score from an acute angle, top stuff all round. Definitely, yeah. And I've I've said I said before the Stoke game, actually, to a, to a few people that I was talking about... Um, 
for me, Leicester haven't been in that top 5 or 10% of their performance levels since before the victory over Everton. I really yeah. think it has been that long, and we've still been doing well to pick up the odd point, and yeah, we've had some difficult games. But I think the Stoke game uh, was the first time that I've seen us come back to that level of football again. And it was not a coincidence that Vardy and Mares were involved in that. We've mentioned Vardy, but Mares, that piece of skill to not make the defender, to lay it on a plate for a Joe was just insane. And that, with Vardy's finish, is is... I say they're back. Like Leicester and those two in in particular didn't go away, but they're back into that top five or ten percent of their performance levels. I think I couldn't agree more. It it was we've done Vardy. Move on to Mares. First half, the corner from the left hand side, from just in front of our commentary position, and he tried an overhead kick, straight from a corner. Outrageous. Um, caught it well. It went past the left and upright by a yard or so. A very good attempt. He got to his feet and ran over to the crowd to get his position and everything. And the crowd in that corner of the west stand by the uh, the, the, the northwest corner, by the corner flag, and they all rose and, and almost shook their fist at him and say, like, come on, lad, come on, Mares, you know, that's what we want. Because he's been lacking confidence. He has done for the last few games. He really has. Um, and he's that sort of player where it really does show. And he almost, he was looking at the crowd as, oh, yes. And the next thing he did was... Burst away down the the Leicester right, and Peters, their fullback, brought him down. Which uh, Mark Hughes caught. He says, I, "I didn't understand the two fouls in the first half, which didn't lead to anything." But there were fouls. They, it got, his heels were clipped. I think both of them were accidental because he was looking the other way. But he did bring him down, and it was straight away. You could see the confidence after that overhead kick and and that reaction from the crowd. Second half, after we scored the second goal, it was the Marys that we've seen at the start of the season or start of the season. The first you know, 15 or 14 games. Borderline unplayable. Absolute borderline unplayable. Out wide, and by now we're 2-0 up, 3-0 up, and he was going past play, uh, players with ease, he was ghosting past players, you know, without a little bit of skill, just using his pace, and then when he turned the skill on, that nutmeg in the uh, penalty area. Unbelievable. That's done millions of millions of loops and views on various different video outlets, vines oh, yeah. and YouTubes and all sorts. That's, it was just incredible. The defender was just there. Oh, that's happened. It, yeah. it did not even move. Didn't move. And if, if, if you haven't seen it, then again, go to uh, Twitter, at Pod. It's been retweeted, so we'll retweet it in a minute as well. Watch um, it. And then watch it again. And then watch it again. True. But the most important thing about it, what happened? Goal. It was a goal. Exactly. It's all right. Goal for, it. goal for a as well, which can't be underestimated yeah. in terms of his confidence. It's all right doing these pieces of skill, but it, doing it in the penalty area, laying it across for a to score, fantastic. Great for a to get a goal. I think we all know that the team has progressed and advanced and players are playing at their peak level. And a Joa has um, he's been called in some parts, but he's not played as well as he did last season. But the team have gone forward and he hasn't. But he makes up for it with his work rate, his attitude. And he's a fan's favourite, isn't he, really? Because he's he tries so hard. He gives 100% and that's all you can ask of a player, end of the day. That's all you can ask of a player. So for him to score, brilliant. But Mares was back on fire. And every time he got the ball in that second half, especially the last 20 minutes, the crowd were right, what's he going to do next? And he didn't disappoint. It, it, was, it was fantastic. Like I said, borderline unplayable. Can we pick out one more player before we move on? Well, the one the one player... So we've got Drinkwater, we've got Vardy. The defence was secure. I thought um, Simpson dealt with a few good diagonal balls to the back post. 
Walters, what a very da- what a dangerous player he is in the air. Especially in the air, yeah. Tall yeah. team, and he dealt with them very well. A few dangerous... Uh, they got Juve out wide, who's a tall individual as well. So he, he played very well dealing with that. Um, the, the team was very good all round. We've mentioned... Okazaki, who went off injured, I thought his control and uh, and getting between the midfield and attack. First half an hour, it was a few long balls from both teams, but he played well, um, went off injured, but apparently that's not very serious at all. But there is one player which I gave man of the match. Yep. And on, I presume you're... Tweet. Presume yeah. you're going to do the same. You can see I've got I've got a little stat. You know I would love a stat. No. You know, you you like to talk about about feelings and how well people have played. I like to put it into numbers. Okay, here's a stat corner, stat attack. Mr. Rob Hayes. The Premier League 2015-2016 season, number of tackles and number of interceptions, both lists are headed by Ungolo Kante and they're not he's not just one or two ahead of his rivals. 93 tackles this season, which is seven more than Eric Peters of Stoke, who we saw on Saturday. 92 interceptions, which is 15 more than Idrissa Gay of uh, Aston Villa. That is, they are, they are two ridiculous stats, aren't they? How how good is this boy? This boy, this man, this this little roadrunner engine in the middle of the park. Was it Harry Redknapp who said he's the signing of the decade? He, he, apparently. Did he? That, that, apparently, that's what he said. Um, for for us? For us, yeah. He, we, we spoke about Drinkwater and how well he played. We spoke about Mares and how he was in the second up. Fantastic, you know. Uh, Vardy. But for Kante to get man of the match, he was fantastic. And the one thing that I, I, I... The one vision of him in that game is bursting past players and then miss almost overrunning the ball, miscontrolling the ball, overrunning it. And the and the midfielder for Stoke picking the ball up, going, oh, fantastic. And all of a sudden, he's nipped in again and carried on the move. He's not slowed down at all. He's tackled someone twice, still got the ball. He's so tenacious. But I, there is a, a good footballer there as well. There's a good footballer. He is, he was exceptional, absolutely exceptional. For a team to beat a, a very good Stoke team 3-0, that takes something. And the role Kante had, had in that game um, cannot go unnoticed. The, the way that we scored the goals, the players who scored the goals, the bit of skill from Mares. But for me, Kante, man of the match, clearly man of the match in my opinion. He was phenomenal. And uh, well, uh, what else can you say about that? So Leicester City 3, Stoke City 0, followed by Arsenal losing to Chelsea, means that we are top of the league, three points clear again. Now, that's good enough and that's exciting enough in itself, but let's rewind 10 years very quickly, going to History Corner 10 years ago. This time 10 years ago, Pete, where where were we? Where were we? What were we doing? We were languishing towards the bottom of the championship. and That, we, that was a crap time, wasn't it? It was terrible. And we've just lost 1-0 to Plymouth. Um, shout out to Matthew Davison uh, through Twitter, at Pod once again. Um, sending us a link, basically, to a review of the game where we lost 1-0 to, to Plymouth. And it just shows how far we've come. Which I know we can basically... You could basically pick virtually any era of the whole club and say, look at us now compared to them. And there's a big difference. It just shows how well we're doing. But that was a very poor performance. I remember the goal. It was a good goal. A 1-0 loss. Um, End of Craig Levine's tenure oh, as well. Oh, dear. My my memory of Craig Levine would be, uh, and again, this is just top of my head, 
we played in the FA Cup away at Blackburn, and it was on TV. It was a, was it a replay? I can't remember, but it was quite far into the cup, and there were thousands. Was the one that went the to penalties? No, um, we lost. Or did we to, lose it to a penalty? We, yeah, um, they they were a decent team, and we lost to an 85th minute penalty. Dickov, that's it. Yeah, scored yeah. the goal. Yeah. but we were the better team. But we had no. I think we had deep freeze on up front. I always call him deep freeze. <laughs> deep freeze. Deep freeze. Um, and we had about 19 midfielders and defenders on the pitch. Unbelievable. Yeah. And the crowd would just shout, like, let's crack players from mid table Scotland teams as well. Oh, yeah. Bring a forward on. We're dominating. We can win this. And it, oh, it was so disappointing. Um, so, yeah, you, I think you'll see on social media, or we'll mention a few times, this what happened 10 years ago. And it just shows you the difference. But then again, we could be saying it from three years ago, and it would be the same. It just shows how well we're doing. And how well we're doing reflects in the sort of players that we're interested in. So oh, that's, that's a beautiful lead. Oh. <laughs> that, is, that is such a... You are a, you are a pro. You should do this for a living. That um, th- Yeah. I wondered where you were going. Was, <laughs> yes, there it is. Round to the next topic of conversation in the smoothest way. People wouldn't have even noticed if I hadn't highlighted that then. No, not at all. I just thought I'd tell them. No, not at all. To be honest, the link has now been ruined by that. You've, you've <laughs> I abs- you've dis- I you've couldn't let you it. get away with it. You've destroyed I it. I couldn't let it happen. So, um... Looking at the uh, signings that we can now attract to the club. Good link. Um, have we uh, done any business? Oh, no. Let's just say, have any Premier League teams done a, a, any substantial business this year? Uh, this this um, window? You've Not got really. Naismith going to Norwich. I think you find the teams down towards the bottom of the table making the majority of signings mm-hmm. in the January transfer window. And all the talk was about players leaving the club. Bang. 1st of January, Dumari Gray, 3.75 million. Looks a great bargain now. A very exciting player for the future. Bang. £5 million. A player apparently we've been looking at and a lot of teams have been looking at. Your mate, Daniel Amati. Daniel Amati. He is unbelievably quick. You've seen that vine as well? Yeah. That one where he's playing... I think he's playing centre-half. Or if he's not, he picks the ball up at centre-half and just plays a couple of one-twos and finds himself in the box in literally... Literally five seconds. It's it's difficult to look at you know YouTube clips of players and then see how they are. You know, oh, so well, I'm not probably... saying he's the world's best player because of that clip. No, but he is quick. He's got all the attributes. Apparently, Copenhagen couldn't believe that they actually signed him when they did. Yeah, um, he was too good for their team. Hence the reason why he's been called a versatile player because he could technically have played virtually any position for them because he was such a good player. And It'd be interesting to see, to see whether he becomes more specialised at our club. I think younger players can be a bit more versatile anyway. And they tend uh, young centre halves tend to start their life at right back because they're a bit more mobile and they're not quite hardened enough to play centre half. But he's tipped as a right back, centre half, central midfielder. I I, I classified him as a ball playing defender. Yeah, because that means he can be a midfielder or a defensive minded midfielder or a defensive minded midfielder. (laughs) We we shall see. But the one thing for sure, he's a bloody big lad. He's a big lad. He's He's a quick lad. He's huge. Yeah. I mean, anyway, um, he's twenty one years old. Have you seen the photo of him when posing in the Leicester kit? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how tall the photographer was, but <laughs> basically, it was meant to have the stand behind him. But you can only see the the uh, the top, the roof of the stand because he was so tall, and the angle of the camera Cameraman's was pointing at Marty's knees. Exactly. Um, Another one we've been linked with. Oh yes, got him. Edda, that Brazilian Italian bloke. Now this this link, I I thought we would be linked with all sorts of players as soon as it became. You know, apparent that we were going to sign someone, and uh, Ranieri just kind of grinning and saying, "Yeah, we've got our eyes open." In the press conference on Saturday as well, he was asked the question about uh, no specific players, just about strikers, and he basically just turned around and says, "Yes, we're you know we're in the hunt for them." Um, 
he also, he was very good because he came in and he obviously was very happy. We just won 3-0. But um, straight away, he says, all the players, three days off. I don't want to see them at the ground. They're not even going to turn up to the training ground. They're going to stay at home, be with the families, whatever. And someone asks, are you going to watch the Arsenal-Chelsea game? And he turns around and he says, oh, possibly, but I'm going to Italy for three days. I'm going to go see my family. I like that. Just yeah, clear just off on holiday. Don't it needed think because about there's football. no game at the weekend, no. which is absolutely, which is what you say is the bonus of the FA Cup, which exactly. is which. Yeah, in this context, I, I don't disagree with you, and it does give the players a couple of days yeah. off. It, it, three days off. Don't think about football. Just go home and chill out, and then come Wednesday, come back in, and then we can prepare for the game on Tuesday, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. But we're going to be linked with all sorts of players, and. This one seems like this a strong one does, link, yeah. As as we speak right now, it's been reported by a number of outlets saying that bids have been made, not just interest, Sky Sports, which I know, you know, how much we can take that for granted and all that sort of thing. But this looks quite a good link. Uh so Rob, give mm. us some information about him. Well, the bid is believed to be around eight million pounds. His name is Edda. He's sort of he's not your out and out striker, he's he's sort of a more of a number ten, if you like. Which is which is the position we're really talking about? Yeah, because Vardy is our number nine, and Ajoa is our number nine, as in terms yeah. of the point of the strikers. Yeah, Ajoa, Okazaki, and possibly this guy—they could all play nine, but obviously Vardy would be the first choice. Yeah, his name is actually Edda Citadin Martins. Who is he good in the air? Well, he's five foot ten. But I don't. He doesn't strike me as the kind of bloke that's going to go up and win you some flick-ons. Edda with an Edda. Edda with an Edda. It's a it's a headline writer's dream, a commentator's dream, but it could be a listener's nightmare. He's moved. He's moved about a bit, uh, and he's he's quite he's kind of come through in the last four or five years, really, in terms of uh, in terms of playing for bigger clubs. But he's moved a few times for small fees, which is why I wonder why we're play, paying eight million pounds for him. Uh, but you'd say that how much is Vardy rated compared to what he was before? So I'd, I'm not going to put him into a box because of that. But little transfer fees: three million euros, one point one, one point eight million euros. Only started playing for Italy this year. At 29, same age as Jamie Vardy. He's like the Italian Brazilian Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I mean, you say he's, he's played for a number of clubs. He's been on loan twice to uh, Brescia and uh, another team there. And, and another team with yeah, an Italian name that, that you can't pronounce. But the teams he's mainly played for since he was uh, come out of his, his teens, so 18, 19, um, he's played really for three clubs. Um, and his goal-scoring record is, is more than decent, 20 in 52, 27 in 40, and currently 45 goals in 131 for Sampdoria. He's been linked with Inter Milan. Uh, he's played for Italy eight times, scored a couple of goals. So the goals are there. Um, in a decent league, the interest is there from a lot of other clubs. So why not? If he's and again, I, and I've said this to friends and family before, whoever they go for, you've just got to say go for it because the current record on transfer is unbelievable in the last four years. So whoever they're interested in, you have to go for it. Obviously, the link with Ranieri, so he obviously knows the player um, or knows of him. So maybe it's once someone that he's picked. Maybe it wasn't happen at all. But it's something that's been linked with the club very, very heavily as we record this. So we'll see how that goes. So before we look ahead to the next uh, couple of Leicester games in the Premier League, there's uh, another 
newsy kind of item that we want to discuss quite briefly, um, and it's the movement of some of our fixtures for TV coverage. Now, that's happening more and more since we've been in the Premier League and even more since we found ourselves at the top of the table. Everybody wants to put us on telly. Uh, And the one that's caused a lot of concern is the trip away to Arsenal, which was moved last week, which was just three weeks before the fixture took place. And uh, there's a a post gone online from Union FS, who are a, a a group of independent supporters group. You'll have seen them do those displays at the King Power, brilliant displays. But they're also about supporters, I say rights in a, a loose term, but supporters' interests and wanting to, to back supporters. And uh, and part of their, I'll just read a quick part of their statement. It said, um, following the initial February release in December, 3,000 Leicester fans had thought it's safe to make non-refundable travel and accommodation plans, schedule time off work, stay up to midnight to fight for tickets that were sold out in minutes, book holidays starting on the Sunday, plan Sunday league fixtures, uh, and the list goes on and on and on before Sky decided to shoehorn a third Super Sunday fixture of the day just 23 days before the game. We do not agree with what Sky have done, do we? I don't. Uh, As much as I won't be going to the game, can't get a ticket, I tried to get a ticket in the home end. Uh, I've got a friend who's an Arsenal uh, season ticket holder and he was going to try and get get me a ticket. You cheat. Well, no. I hope you'd have worn some blue under your coat. Oh, somewhere. I would have done. I, would, I, I was going to wear the 1986 shirt and I was going to tell you all before the game and all that, but obviously that's out <laughs> the window now. Um, I'm fully, I, I, I really like Union FS. We've mentioned before that we don't know anyone in there. No, we, we, absolutely not. I don't, Just... I don't think you're a member, actually. Are you a member? No, no, I'm, I'm not a member either. But follow maybe, maybe follow we them on be. Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, I and, do as well. And agree with a lot of what they what they say and do. Just like for Fox's sake, they're an independent to the club, and they want to. I think the club has helped them out a, a lot with access, but they and they actually, I think they've offered them help financially and all sorts as well, and they've just turned them down because they want to be completely independent. So fantastic from the Union FS. Uh, I always say Union FS boys, but I think I just just call them Union FS. Um, so well done to them for taking this stand and to make it clear to people out there that um, you know we 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 can't we can't just roll over and say yes okay Sky put it on especially now where you're getting so much money I know it's from Sky but you're getting so much money where the extra games don't make an awful lot of difference on an overall season apparently the minimum amount of time for uh, games to be changed is six weeks and this is three so that that in itself shows breaks the code I think there are. Um, concessions for the train t- travel i think they've, they've said you can change your ticket etc but all the things that they've listed there is 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 perfectly fine i think the idea is for a bit of a boycott not of the game but for when you go to arsenal so anyone here is listening the idea is to not go to your seats and then before kickoff go into the concourse for the first five minutes for the first yep. five minutes yep. so all the banners saying um, no to fixture list changes so late and all what they've, they're thinking of putting out onto the seats they will be left everyone will be in the concourse just for the first five minutes and then after five minutes everyone goes back down and goes to their seat and basically gives the biggest cheer for Leicester and carries on and, and supports the club I think it will make a bigger impact for the for us as well for, for our team it, that first five minutes of not being there won't make a lot of difference. But then all of a sudden, a big load of blue fans walk in and start going absolutely insane. Brilliant. I, I'm completely in support of it. And it's something that Sky, could they, they couldn't ignore it. They couldn't ignore an empty away end. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see how clever their camera work is for the first five minutes when all the Leicester fans completely disappear. Mm. Uh, Union FS's reasoning behind it is... Um, 
is to make a point that without fans, there is no saleable product. We say it all comes down to money, but ultimately without fans, there is no saleable product. Just 22 blokes kicking a ball around on some nicely cut grass. Uh, we're, and they're encouraging Arsenal fans to join in uh, with it as well. It, it won't have directly affected them, so whether any of them will or not, I don't know. I, but the fact is, they should, if you've got enough people, Leicester fans, wanting to do this, the fact that there's only, I say only, the fact that there's like three, three, 4,000 there in the away end, you should be able to get the message across, even if the, not everybody knows about it before the game. You should notice people will start leaving their seats and you'll say, just, just before kickoff, why are you going down? Oh, we're doing this boycott for this reason. And I think that they'll get a 90-odd percent of Leicester fans to join in. I, I really think, do. I think so. Um, I, I think also the Arsenal fans will completely understand why, because they'll see the banners. They would be affected as well, less than us, but they would be affected as well. So I think they'll probably get a round of applause when they all come back in. Yeah, they'll, I, they'll acknowledge yeah, it, I think. I, yeah. I, I yeah. think they will. Uh, also... If anyone out there is from Union FS and does want to get in contact with for Fox sake and just you know tell us exactly what's going on because we will be recording a, a podcast obviously before then probably too. So if they do want us to read something out or maybe say exactly what the plan is, then do get in contact and all the contact details will be read out at the end of the show. So that's what's happening with that and the couple of other games have been moved. I think it's Newcastle will be moved from a Saturday to a Monday night for a Monday night football uh, and uh, Watford away has been been moved as well is that been moved forward a few hours yeah lunchtime lunchtime yeah um so so those have been moved as well but the big one was was the arsenal game right so final part of this episode then we'll look forward to two upcoming games two tough upcoming games leicester liverpool tuesday the 2nd of february then a trip Away to Manchester City on Saturday, the 6th lunchtime kickoff on the telly. We'll talk about those in just a moment, but Pete, you look like you've been itching for the last 37 minutes or so to get some big news out. Big news. Big news. Big news about... Go on, go on. Give us the big news. Big news. Uh, Well, it's big news about the podcast. I mean, I don't know how you listen to the podcast. You can do it via... With with your ears. Oh, God. Okay. Many different formats. You've got SoundCloud. People listen to it through SoundCloud, either clicking on the link through Twitter or Facebook. Uh, some people listen through YouTube. Uh, I think the majority of people through iTunes, either the app on their phone or maybe iTunes at home. Uh, there are many different ways. So YouTube, SoundCloud, through the Facebook, mainly iTunes. But we have another one now, and I've been asked a few times from a few listeners saying, why aren't we on Audio Boom? Audio Boom. Audio Boom. Which is very similar to SoundCloud. Basically, you go on Audio Boom, you can download the app, and then you search for For Fox Sake, just click subscribe, it's all free, and then you just click play, and it plays the episode. That's it. Just like SoundCloud, absolutely free. So anyone out there who has an Audio Boom account, or they have the app, or they just want to go on the website, you can click on the website, bang, you're in. It's dead easy. Easy as that. Very quickly then. Liverpool. Hit and miss. Winnable. It definitely is winnable. Who knows what team Liverpool are going to bring? They've got many games. They've got a game this week in the uh, in the League Cup semi-final. Uh, and then obviously there's a, a gap. Are they in the FA Cup? Yeah, they beat um, Exeter, didn't they? Right, so they are playing on Saturday? They'll be playing at the weekend they're at, at the some weekend. stage. Yeah, yeah. So they're playing twice before the game on Tuesday. Well, Ranieri's in Italy and Leicester players are sitting exactly. at home. So no idea what kind of team they could turn up. Okay, okay. they won 5-4. Uh, High-scoring games, I'll take that. I'll take a 5-4 win. I'll take a 5-4 win. Uh, interesting to see Klopp. I think he's... Uh, 
he, he's obviously a good manager, but just the enthusiasm, it would just be interest. We'll it's, be sticking around for the press conference after that. Oh, 100%. God, yes, definitely. And it's it's different to a Mourinho, because you know how Mourinho was uh, that kind of person when he first came at Chelsea, and everyone, oh, yeah, what's Mourinho saying in antics on the touchline and all that sort of thing. This is completely different, in my opinion. It might turn sour eventually, but right now, the, the antics are all fun. And it's uh, enthusiastic. And I think the away fans um, who go to Anfield or the home fans when they travel to the club, I think they just want to see that. And I think they quite like that in, in, in an opposition manager. They want to see what's going on, as much as they're obviously supporting their own club. So good to see Klopp and uh, and obviously Liverpool and, and their fans and songs and all that sort of thing. So I think we've got a great chance against Stoke. I think Stoke are a more solid team than Liverpool and we blew them away. I think if we play to the best of our ability, we'll win. I, I think the preview for the Stoke game was if they turn up and play well, I thought they would beat us. Yeah, and I think it's similar to this time? No. No? No, I don't. Do you think if Liverpool turn up and play well, we'll still beat them? Yes. Cool. Oh, no, I, I think we've got... I think we've got more chance of beating Liverpool if Liverpool play well than if we played Stoke and, and Stoke, Stoke played play well. well. That's what I'm saying. I I, I think we've got a, a always a chance of scoring against Liverpool when against a, a strong Stoke team on their game, they would be very difficult. I'm following um, you. Right. Yeah, that's, my, how, that's my reasoning. How big is Leicester Man City in terms of the title race? It has to be big because you've got a title race. Um, Can but, you believe I just <laughs> said that? <laughs> it has in, to, in the race for the top ten. It has to be big. <laughs> it has to be because, because it's two of the teams in the top four who are, who are going for the league. Uh, it will make a lot of difference to the game depending on what happens on Tuesday. So Tuesday's game means a lot compared to um, then going on to the game on Saturday. You know what I mean. Um, I'm trying to work out what you mean. We were supposed to be doing this concise. You're going in a roundabout way, but I'm following, I think. Yeah, we beat Liverpool. We go in with all the confidence. And if the result doesn't go to our favour, it's not the end of the world. If we lose to Liverpool, then going into that game, you're thinking, hang on, we need to get something out of it. That's what I'm going into. Um, It's going to be extremely difficult. Away at Man City, top team, top players, not really playing for the manager because they know he's going to be leaving and Pep Guardiola is going to come in in the summer. So I think they're just on cruise control. They've got big, sulky Yaya Torre, who's an absolutely fantastic footballer, but what a sulk. Um, oh, it's miserable. What, what, what is this? He didn't get... He got voted African Player of the Year four years on the bounce and then he didn't get it by a, only a few votes. So it wasn't like he, he lost it by a mile. Uh, and he complained it because he won... Who got it? Obama Young got it, didn't he? Because he scored a million goals. But yeah. um, he only just beat him. But Torre, they won the African Cup of Nations and he was captain. So he says, that that means I should have won. Well, he well, whinged when he didn't get a birthday cake oh, off City, didn't he? Yeah, he's only he's only on about 200 grand a week. And only. I know it's not all about the, money. The but, poor bloke. Yeah, and he's won virtually everything. Oh, dear. But um, So it, that's going to be difficult. They've got Aguero back scoring goals. Very difficult. Anything from there. Anything at all is a bonus. Come on then, predictions. Leicester Liverpool. Oh, we'll beat Liverpool. High scoring Score. game. High scoring game. Could go either way, but I think we can beat them. I'm going two one. Oh, I'll, I'll go three two. Okay. Goals away at Man City. Uh, I can see it's going to beat there. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to be a lot, but maybe two nil something. I'm like going to predict a conservative nil nil. I take nil nil. I take a point. Any yeah. day of the oh, week there. Yeah. Like we said before on the podcast, a point in the Premier League is never a bad thing. And especially when we're 10 points clear of who I think is going to be the nearest, uh, you know, people trying to get into the top four, our nearest competitor, it's Manchester United. Um, for those of you out there who like their odds, one to three Leicester to finish in the top four, nine to four not to finish in the top four. So if you want to have a, a cheeky bet on who's not being in the top four, so if it all goes horribly wrong, then you've at least won a bit of money. 
Pete there the, you go. Pete the bookie here again. <laughs> Rob the Stato and Pete the bookie. <laughs> Rob, Rob Stato. <laughs> Rob Stato and Pete Bucky. Um So that's it. That's it for episode 30. Thanks for listening to the previous 30 shows if you have done. And hopefully we'll be around for another 30. Anything that you want to get in contact with the show, any, any points, any questions you want to get across, there's a number of ways to do it. Twitter at FFSpod. Go on Facebook, search for, for Fox 8 Podcast, join the group. Go on Reddit. The Reddit guys out there, just search for LCFC and then we post regularly on there just saying the podcast's up. Uh, many different ways. Obviously, listen in. Audio boom. Have a look at that. YouTube. Have you been on the YouTube page? Of course I've been on the YouTube page. You put lovely little slideshows up, don't you? Nice the, little graphics. Exactly. All the episodes are on there. All the episodes of previous episodes are now on Audio Boom as well. So many ways to get in contact. Email for fox8podcast at gmail.com. And of course, let us know where you're listening around the world. So from me and Rob, that's it, and up the city.